And this is what a stronghold does. It causes you to do things that normally you would not do. And in your right mind, you're saying, man, why do I keep doing these things? Why, why do I let my anger, why do I let my envy, why do I let all these things to rise up within me and, and I don't want to be this way. You know I mean? We have discussions in ourselves. If you haven't had a discussion with yourself, you need to start talking to yourself. <clears throat> As many times I've asked myself, why? Why did you act that way? What's wrong with you? Come on. Anybody in here have a discussion with yourself? You're laying in bed at night, that frog grumps up in your throat because of the anger that, that uh, is rising up. And you, and you say, man, why am I acting this way? This is not me. But you sure enough was acting that way when you told those people off. You know, and your blood pressure was up when you laid down because you're still dealing with the frustration of it. Is there anybody else in here like that or is it just me talking? So strongholds come into our life to ultimately control and to rule over our lives. To prevent us, the, the objective is, is to prevent us from getting to our destiny. Preventing us to get to our destiny. And if it can prevent us getting to our destiny, which our destiny? Our destiny is to have a great marriage. Our destiny is to have a great family. Our destiny might be a job. It might be a ministry. It might be some, some a very, a variety of things for a variety of people. Your destiny is going to be different than my destiny. My destiny is going to be different than your destiny. But, but God has planned a destiny for every one of us. And the enemy knows your destiny, and that's why he's working so hard on you to prevent you from getting into your destiny. He's willing to put a stronghold on you to prevent you from going forward. He'll let you go so far. Oh, you can come to church, and you can hallelujah, and you can shout, and you can praise, and you can even have a courtesy fall every once in a while. Now, I'm not making fun of any of that, but what I am saying, you can go through all of that stuff and still be bound. Amen? Amen? And still be bound. Thanks, babe. So it says, For the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Imaginations. Yeah. Are imaginations bad? Well, some of them are, but not all of them. God's given us the ability to imagine. He, he has to put, he put that in us so that we can develop a vision. He drops a seed in our heart and that seed begins to grow and we see ourselves somewhere in the future and we're able to take that future destiny and bring it into our now to fight our battles today so that I can make it into my future. So when Jesus speaks to Peter, before he was locked up in prison and before they were telling him, tomorrow we're going to take your head off. Tomorrow we're going to kill you. After the feast, we're going to slay you. We're going to hang you. We're going to, we're going to cut you off. And Peter was able to go to sleep. How many of you were able, able to, be go to, to go to sleep if you knew that tomorrow your head was going to be rolling? Not many people could sleep, but... but Peter knew what his destiny was because he received a word from the Lord that said to him, while you are young, you can go and come and you can dress yourself. But when you become old, there will be those that will carry you 
to your destiny or to your places. So Peter understood the word that came to him and he was able to rest because he knew he wasn't old. And he knew his head wasn't coming off the next day. So he took his destiny and his future and pulled it into his present and fought some principalities and powers that were trying to take him out. Come on. But if we, if we don't have the right imagination, then the enemy comes in and plays havoc with our mind and begins to put us in position that we're angry with everybody and everybody's trying to get us. Last week I said, instead of saying, they're out to get me, everybody's out to get me, everybody's out to take advantage of me. You need to start saying, man, everybody's out to bless me. Come on. Why not? Why not start speaking what the word of God says about you? <clears throat> Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, I'm going to tell you as a pastor, we, got to start, we have to start reading the word of God. Not from the perspective of a historical point of view, although we need that. We need to start reading it for revelation purposes. And if you're not reading the word of God, then how can you look at anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God because you don't know the knowledge, you don't have the knowledge of God when you're not reading the word. So I have to study the word so I know what I need to cast down and what I need to keep. Making sense? Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, some of y'all, when, when I got up here, you said, look, you looked at your clock and you said, oh, Lord, here comes that long winded preacher coming up here. And I don't know how, how long, you know, last week we were here for eternity because he was preaching the eternal word last week. And so. In, in, we have those thoughts that come in and others were thinking man I can't wait for this word today wait, that's the variety of thoughts that we have in, in any one building at any one time people have all kinds of thoughts depending on their agenda taking, taking every, every and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ Taking into captivity every thought. So in other words, I have to capture my thoughts and bring it into my captivity. Why? Because I'm the one that has to do something with my thoughts. And it tells us casting down imaginations in any high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It's talking about your thoughts, what you're processing in your mind what you're processing in your soul. Making sense here? It says, let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. So I have to take captive those thoughts because the enemy works on us first in our thoughts. And if he can get his foot in the door of our thought life, then he can win the battle and bring a stronghold into our life. And then I love this part, verse six. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience 
when your obedience is fulfilled. Having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. In other words, once that we understand the word of God, once that we have a prayer life, once that we put our blinders on to what's happening around us, and we begin to focus on the direction that we're going, and we're putting every effort into getting closer to God and allowing him to work in our life and us to be obedient to what he's saying to us and not allowing other influences to come in and get us off course, but to put our blinders on that we go straight forward. I, I, I'm convinced of this, that, that marital problems... They say marital problems start with money, starts with communications, all this kind of stuff. I think, I think that marital problems start in the mind first, in the thoughts. And we get offended and we get hurt and we want to take revenge with that because things are not going our way or the way we want it to go. But when I'm, when I'm married, this girl here, her thoughts and my thoughts need to come together so we can have one thought together. So that we can be on the same page. If not, then we're going to be at odds with each other. So I have to put my sword down. She has to put her sword down. And as we come together, we're able to work things out in our communications so that we can be what God wants us to be, so that we can walk hand in hand, side by side. When I, when I walk down the aisle and, the, and the, the pastor, the preacher says, do you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? To have, to hold, to love, to cherish, till death do you part. And I said, I do. I was taking all of her baggage and she was taking all of my baggage when we came together. This is why I said many times before you get married, get rid of your baggage and make sure their baggage is minimal <laughs> before, you get, before you get together. Because if, when you bring your baggage together, you, you throw it out on a table and you begin to back up and say, ooh, I didn't know that was there. I didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know you had a porn problem. I didn't know you had a lust problem. I didn't know all these things here. You need to make sure they get rid of the baggage. But because we are already married, now we have to understand and sort through some of this stuff and we have to work some things out. So she has to deal with her imagination and her thoughts and I have to deal with my imagination and my thoughts and our thoughts have to become one as we are one. That makes sense what I'm saying here. Amen. Amen. So this passage here in every aspect of your life will help you if you get this in your spirit. Yeah. Now, when I look at this and just for, for the next 15 minutes, bear with me. When I look at this, it begins to shape the way that I think. The way you think is what develops you to become what you are. You are a direct pr product of what you bring into your life through your thought life. And if your thought life says, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, the word says, according to your own faith, so be it unto you. So your faith was, I can't, and other people's faith are, I can. Now the enemy comes in and puts a, a disturbance in you that says, how can they do that? And I can't. It's because you've been prophesying over your life. I can't, I can't, I can't. That's right. That's 
You see, it's important that we understand that we're created in the image and in the likeness of God. Look in Genesis and you begin to read that when God created man, he created him in image and in their likeness. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I'm created body, soul, and spirit. They're three, I'm three. The problem with my three is I can't get them to come into order. I can't get them to become one within itself. So how can I be, it can't, if I can't be one in myself, how can I be one with God? So Paul puts in the writings, he says, take captive every thought and bring it into obedience. Cast down imaginations and any high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Cast that rascal down. Why? Because if you can't get yourself in order, you won't be able to get in order with God. That's a strong statement right there, but it's true. So before I go into Deuteronomy and before I go into Galatians this morning, I just want to share that with you. Let's get our stinking thinking out of here and let's get the right kind of thinking that God wants to bless us. He says in, in, in 3 John, I believe it's 3 John, he, sa he says, um, 3 John chapter 1 verse 2, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that now thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Did you catch that? I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. In other words, to manifest how God created you to live. Okay? This word prosper is succeed in reaching. To succeed in business or in affairs. To prosper in your journey. To grant a prosperous and expeditious journey to lead by a direction and an easy way. In other words, our labor should not be so hard. It should come to us because our faith now is attached to God's word. To grant a successful issue, to, to cause to prosper, to prosper, to be successful. Now, whatever that means to you, successful, that's where your faith needs to be. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. And here's the caveat here, even as your soul prospers. So in order for my soul to prosper, I've got to deal with my soul. Just because there's an anointing on your life doesn't make you Cracker Jack's prophet. Okay? I've seen, I've seen people in pulpits, and we're about to see some exposure from pulpits in the next coming months of some sad things that are happening in the pulpits that people operate in an anointing. The word says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. In other words, you can operate in those gifts even though you're living like the devil. I've seen people get up in a pulpit and the presence of God is in the place and they jump in and they begin to prophesy and miracles and healings begin to take place, but they're catting around at night. Come on. So this here is where the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. But when I start looking at the word of God, what Paul tells me to do is I need to take captive every thought and bring it into the obedience of Christ. Casting down imaginations and anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So when you wake up in the morning and you start saying, I can't, 
You're coming against the word of God because the word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you need to get the I can. And if you're a child of God, you have a, a, a double whammy there. I child of God. And whatsoever God says, I can, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now quickly, let's go to Galatians chapter three. Galatians chapter three. You want to look at that? And uh, if my, my computer would work right here. Galatians chapter three. Let's look at verse 13. And I want you to get this. If you get anything in here today, get this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Jesus Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Anybody in here that's not Jewish, raise your hand. Okay, everybody's reluctant. I don't, it, that's not a tough one. It's real easy. If you're not a Jew, lift your hand. Thank you, thank you very much. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentile through Jesus Christ. So because, because he hung on the tree and because the curse of the law came upon him and he bore all the curses for us, you and I as Gentiles, not Jews, but Gentiles have an avenue through Christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. How do you get saved? By faith. How do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? By faith. By faith, knowing that the word of God is true, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and I. God the Father sent his son, his only begotten son, to die for you and I for our sins to redeem man back into right relationship with the Father. Simple, easy. And if you can relate with that, if you can identify with that, then move into a place that your faith says, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And then at that point, you're born again. Simple, easy. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. How do you receive that? By faith. How do you receive anything in the Spirit? By faith. How do you receive anything in the Word? By faith. It's impossible to please Him without faith. So Abraham might come to the Gentiles, on the Gentiles, uh, through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Go back up to verse 9 here real quickly. Verse 9 says, uh, go to verse... Verse seven, now ye therefore, that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. <coughs> you hear that? There was a preacher that was preaching about Abraham that said, in you all nations shall be blessed. God was preaching that word, okay? And he gave it to us. So then, verse nine, they which be of faith are blessed with the faithful Abraham. Or you get that? So then they which, which be of faith, 
Who's, who's those of faith? If you're a believer and you have faith in the word of God, that's you. Amen? So how many believers we have in here? Okay. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Now, let's jump down. You need to go back and read this whole chapter, but let's jump down to verse 29. Verse 27 says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. You're all one in Christ Jesus. There's a, there's a verse that says that ye are all one blood. So all of this that is coming up in our nation that's causing races to fight against each other is totally against the word of God. Because it says right here, if you belong to Christ, then we are all one, no matter what color of skin you have, no matter if you're free or bond, Jew or Greek, it doesn't matter. We're all one. You saw that today, right? So look at that again. It says that, that there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, in other words, what it's saying here, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, the heirs according to the promise. So it should be a light going off right now should be illuminating your life right now that says, even though I'm a Gentile, I've asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart, to save me, to deliver me, to set me free, and to be the Lord over my life. And if I belong to Christ, then I am a seed of Abraham, an heir to the blessing. Yes. Now here's the, here's the problem. The problem the problem is not that God doesn't have enough finances or money to get to his people. That's not the problem. The problem is believers believing. The problem is that believers are not believing that they are heirs to the blessing. Now we're not, we, we're not even touching the covenant that Jesus brought. We're just talking about the covenant that God had with Abraham which tells us a, a whole lot in Deuteronomy chapter 28. There's 14 verses that talks about this to us. Yeah. It tells us the blessing. Okay. <clears throat> and if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, go with me to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. The bless, somebody say that with me. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and it addeth no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. Now, your interpretation of that rich is up to you. But when I look at that, it deals with every aspect of my life, just as I believe that my salvation through Jesus Christ, deals with salvation of every aspect of my life. So when I got saved and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, 
He got in all my business. Come on. He got in all my business. And he got in the business of our marriage. He got in the business of my children. And now he's in the business of my grandchildren. And there'll be a time he'll be in the business of my great-grandchildren because I got saved. Not only is he saving my soul, but he's also saving my mind. Come on. So every aspect of my life is saved by the covenant with Jesus Christ. That makes sense here. Okay. So when I look at this here about blessings and it says, if ye be Christ, if I belong to Christ, then ye are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So the promise that God gave to Abraham is just as good as mine also. And then he says in Proverbs, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and it addeth no sorrow with it. This word rich in the Hebrew means to accumulate, to grow rich and become wealthy. I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm a wealthy man. I've got kids and I've got grandchildren that are serving the Lord. That's, that's wealth right there. You money can't buy that. But I'm also believing for a commanded blessing, which I'm going to read to you in just a moment, that he's going to command the blessing to everything that I do with my hands. In other words, my work is going to be so blessed that everybody around is going to see the blessing of God as a result of my work. So in other words, what it's saying is, you might have a little hobby that you make in birdhouses. Cute little birdhouses that everybody adores and everybody loves, and you're doing it as a stress reliever. You like to work with your hands and you like to work with wood, and all of a sudden you said, hey, I'm gonna go in and spend some time in my garage, and I'm gonna build cute little birdhouses, and then all of a sudden, somebody comes and buys one of your little birdhouses and puts it on the internet, and now you've got thousands of people ordering the work of your hands. In other words, God's going to bless you in what you enjoy doing. <laughs> Let's look at this. Everybody got a little bit of time? I know I'm past my 15 minutes, and I know those that are saying earlier, here's that long-winded preacher getting up there. All right. Let's go to, to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Verse 1. And these are the last chapter two, okay? But I think it's important we laid the groundwork here because next week we're going to take off and begin to run with this thing. And the reason that I'm doing this is because God is wanting to bless his people in this season. We're living in a double portion season. Somebody say double portion. You say, why, why are you saying double portion? Because we're in the Elisha moment right now. Elijah has passed. Elisha has emerged. And it's walked back over the Jordan. And Elisha did twice the miracles that Elijah did. He missed it by one when he died. 
But then all of a sudden, some And they couldn't carry the man that died on their shoulder any longer without getting caught. And they brought him to a tomb and didn't know it was Elisha's tomb. And when they threw it in the tomb and his body hit Elisha's dead bones, there was life in his bones. And that man jumped up and began to run behind them and said, hey, wait for me. And those guys that threw him in the tomb began to turn up the juice because they didn't know what was going on. We're in a double portion time right now. So I want you to get your mind. I want you to get set that God's about to bring a double portion in your life. A double portion. So when words begin to come out, as Bev was prophesying, Bethany was prophesying, and, and, and a little bit here, a little bit there, what God is doing, he's revealing the future. And he's saying, you are close to your future. You're not there yet. But if you get into a battle, take your future and bring it into your now and fight those devils now and tell them you're not going down today because you hadn't got to your destiny yet. And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. That the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon thee. Now look, many people start in verse 2 and they leave out verse 1. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God and observe all of his commandments that he gives to you this day. Put yourself in that position and say, God. I know you're bringing a command here today. I know that you're bringing a word here today that's for me. Yes. Somebody say it's for me. It's for me. It's for me. Come on, nudge the person next to you till you're sleeping and say, just say it's for me. It's for me. It's for me in my house. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city. Blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shalt thou uh, and be blessed shalt thou be uh, the man. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle and increase of thy kind and the flocks and of thy sheep. In other words, everything that you have around you is going to be blessed. Yeah. Now I can go to David and David brought the presence of God back, wanted it in his house and he built a, a, a fine cart to bring it on and it got to the threshing floor and all of a sudden the oxen begin to shake. It couldn't go any further. So where does it go? To Obadidim's house. And the word says that everything that pertained to the house of Obadidim was blessed. Come on. Say this, everything that pertains to my house shall be blessed. Shall be blessed. It shall be blessed. Amen. My business is going to be blessed. My children are going to be blessed. My dogs are going to be blessed. Come on now. Everything that pertains to my house is going to be blessed. Amen. Come on now. 
Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. Blessed shall be the fruit of the ground. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy cattle. Increase of thy kin and flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. We, we talked about that last week. Your basket is the place that you store things. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. When you think you got it full, God says, no, I'm going to shake this thing a little bit. I'm going to give you a little bit more. And then I'm. And it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If you got to find a seed. If you've got a need in your life, find a seed in your life and plant that seed and watch it grow. Amen. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall, shall thou be in, uh, thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. And the Lord shall cause thine enemies to rise up against thee and to be smitten before thy face. And they shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. You remember that number seven is the completion, is God's completion. That's God's number seven. So what he's saying is, I'm going to show up and I'm going to show out. When they come to you one way, I'm going to cause them to divide against themselves and they're going to be split in seven different directions. So I'm telling you, watch what takes place in the next couple of months and watch and see if the enemy is not going to be divided against itself and speak against itself. And I'm saying this because God is in the middle of this thing. <clears throat> There's exposures that are taking place now. We're in that moment right now. Don't go against what God is saying. There was a prophet that was prophesying. He said, he said tomorrow about this time, things are going to change and a, 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 a flower is going to sell for a shekel. And they were buying Pigeon dung to eat for a shekel. And he's saying, and what you were paying for dung, you'll be paying for something that will be productive in your life. And somebody, a soldier says, I hear you, but I don't receive that. I don't believe what you're saying. And the prophet turned to him and says, oh, you see it but you'll not benefit from it. You'll not participate in it. And this is, where, this is where the church, believers have to be very careful right now. Put your blinders on and quit looking and listening to what the world is saying. What is God saying to you? What is he saying to you? And, and don't make up some stuff to, to, to entreat your agenda. I'm talking about what is God saying? Well, you get yourself self out of the picture and put him there to see what he's doing. Come on. There's a lot of people, a lot of people profess that God's doing this and God's doing that and God's not in that. That's why I'm saying let God be the source. Okay. Verse eight. And the Lord shall command the blessing. The Lord shall command the blessing. Somebody say, the Lord command the blessing on me. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, not house, houses. 
<laughs> Prophet told us the other day, he said, when you start in the other church, I see it. I said, well, these two churches got to pay for themselves first. Right. These, they got to get going here. I can't do anything. I can't stress no more. We're so stretched right now. Bethany's pregnant, but Josh has stretch marks. And, and let me explain that. He's, he's running camera, video, audio, everything in there. He, those two never have a chance to sit down in the service. And never have a chance to, to hear the word for themselves. They're busy. As soon as Josh hits the door, he's pacing, looking, all this. And I'm going to tell you what, I appreciate him. I do. Because if, if he wasn't doing it, then I'm going to have to be doing it. But we need some people to start moving in place. And start taking some ownership in what we have. And then we need some people to start bringing some others. Because we can't move to the new place till we fill this place up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Lord shall command blessings, the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Let me say that one more time. Tim, this is for you. Brother, I, I'm sitting on the front row. And I'm just hearing God saying, there's about to be an explosion in your business. A good one. A good one. There's all the sowing that you have done. All the giving that you have given to people and represented them and giving of your time and of your staff to help them legally and never charge one penny. God is saying, I've been paying attention to what you have done. And now the season of your life is about to explode and you're about to benefit from that. And so this here, verse eight, is for you. And the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. On your storehouses. And in all that thou settest thine hand unto, he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And the Lord shall establish thee in a holy, uh, establish thee a holy people unto himself as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. Make sense? I'm sorry that I don't know your name, but I know you're from Chalmette, which I know is God's country. And unless you've been from there, you don't, they don't know what we're talking about, but that's God's country. On my way in here this morning, on the spillway, the Lord started speaking to me. Now, do you have a son? Okay, the two sons. There's one of your boys that God's about to do something quick and rapidly in his life. And you're about to see a spiritual climate change over his house. Something's about to happen 
that's going to cause him to cry out to God. And I'm not saying nothing damaging or whatever, but God's doing something in him that he's heard. God has heard your prayers and he has seen and he's observed your tears. And now is the season of that harvest that you have been planting tears over. It's about to come and you're going to start seeing some things begin to come forth. And then I believe this. It's going to be a chain reaction that's going to go through your family. And when one sees the other, they're going to follow. Because one of them follows what the other does. And it's, am I right? Hear what I'm saying? Okay. So, so the one that is going to be, have the stirring is the leader. And they're going to see it and they're going to begin to come to him and ask what's going on. And they're going to, he's going to talk to them and say, hey, this is what I'm doing now. And all will follow. All, all will follow. And it's a result of your tears that you've been weeping. And look at this. And all the people and all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord. And they shall be afraid of thee. Now look at this. When you look at Abraham's life, he grew and multiplied and became so fruitful that nations asked him to leave because they were afraid of him. This is the blessing of God. I've observed just in the past few months, an individual that's in our life, how expansion is growing exponentially. And I'm seeing that this growth that is being manifest in the earth is all being paid for debt free. And this is where I'm at for our church here. God, command the blessing on our house. Command the blessing on this house. And when I started praying that, things started changing in here and in here of how I saw myself. Hear me now. And I'm about to see some things explode around me. So when I'm reading this word, I'm not reading it just for myself, but I'm reading it for this congregation. Okay? The things are about to happen. We just got an invitation. I'm going to be speaking next month. And the viewing audience that I'll be speaking to will be over 100,000 people at one time. Exponential growth. Hear me. And just all of a sudden, it started opening when I started reading the blessings of God. And this is coming on this house. And verse 11 says, And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. And it's coming to a place that you're not going to be ashamed of the car you drive. Bev and I, we stretched ourselves and we bought a Cadillac. And the first thought that came into my mind is I'm going to be criticized by the church. Because that's how church people are. Yeah. 
And then I came to the conclusion. I don't care what the church says. God, if you're going to bless me, bless me. And I received those blessings without excuses to anybody. And you would be surprised at the ignorant people that come up and told me something about my car. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, okay, then that blessing's not for you. If you can't rejoice in somebody else's blessing, then you put you in the back of the line. Look, I'm celebrating people, man, in their blessing because it moves me up. It will make sense what I'm saying. Now I'm going to tell you this, and then we'll step out on another limb. God's about to start attracting some people to come in here that already has the wherewithal. Look at this. Stop speaking and criticizing people that have something. Because your ignorant self doesn't know the word of God. And God will bless those that he wants to bless. Come on now. Now I'm not, I'm not about to go buy me a jet plane. We're going to use things wisely. And I'm not going to build some big edifice out there that has this everything buzzing and all that kind of stuff. All I want is a sheet metal building and I'm going to put all my money on the inside of it to make it look good and comfortable inside. But we're going to reach a world. So it might not be in the sheetrock, it might be in the television equipment. Because we're going to reach the world. That makes sense here. So stop talking about people that God has blessed. Embrace people that God has blessed and say, hey, I'm going to learn from them. I'm going to watch how they walk. I'm going to watch how they do their hair. Maybe I need to do my hair like that. Okay. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. In goods. Hear, hear me. Come on. In goods. God's going to fill your pantry. Amen. He's going to fill your car. He's going to fill your house with goods. Amen. It's going to be in your driveway. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods in the fruit of thy body. In other words, my children are going to be blessed. Come on. And in the fruit of thy cattle, my investments are going to be blessed. Look, I don't have any cows, but I'm going to tell you, I got stocks. And those stocks need to split and multiply. And then go right back up again. Come on. And the fruit of thy ground. And in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. Three more verses here. Two more verses. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. The heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season. See, there's, there's a season. There's a time to weep. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to plant. And there's a time to water. Then there's a time to harvest. Okay. 
and in the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Why? Because I can pay cash for it. Come on. Think about it just for a moment. If you had your storehouse full and God speaks to you to buy something because he wants to use what you have the wherewithal to buy, then you can go in and put an offer on it and have that offer accepted and not have to worry about whether you're going to get a mortgage on it or not because you can pay. Come on. Now look, I have a problem with some of the prosperity messages. I'm preaching you the word of God here today. The problem with the prosperity message is many people have gotten arrogant with that message. And you tell somebody, well, I'm praying blessings on you. I am blessed. I'm highly favored of the Lord. Well, God, well, I ain't talking to you anymore because your attitude show stinks. Well, what's happened is in the turn of the century, the church put its head in the sand because we stopped reaching the world. The world kept growing and in its growth, it took the Bible out of schools and now it's trying to tear our nation down by dealing with the flag. So the word tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness. The other night I woke up and the Lord spoke to me and said, we're fighting against three different spirits. We're fighting against Baal and Jezebel. And then we're fighting also against charismatic witchcraft. We understand what Baal is. Baal sacrifices babies. This is interesting. It's interesting to me, the words that are being said, that our president says, and I'm not knocking the president, I'm, but I'm knocking his words. What? Are we drinking children's blood now? Well, many are. Because of Baal worship. You don't have to go very far to see what's going on. The Arch of Baal was set out in Washington and in New York. And, and when you look at the center of the Arch of Baal, it has and its target. And demon spirits have been released. Principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness. And people, I know people mock me with what I'm saying. And some say that I'm off course with what I'm hearing, but I know I'm hearing from God. More so than I have ever heard from God, I know I'm on course. And we're fighting against charismatic witchcraft. Anytime the church rises up against the prophets of the day and signs petitions to make them shut their mouth and to deliver or submit their word that came from God, not from them, but came from God to submit that word to them for their approval. Because of academia has become more important, which now has tried to stifle 
the move of God. When you go back to the Wales revival, Wales revival broke loose. People from all over the world were going to Wales for this revival that was taking place. Phenomenal thing that was happening there. And America began to go over and they said, let's develop a school and teach how to have a move of God. And when they did that, the revival ceased. Toronto, same thing happened there. Somebody began to rebuke what was happening with the spirit because they didn't understand the manifestations of the spirit that was coming forth. And when they rebuked it, things began to happen. And that man lost his life because of his rebuke. Just recently in our time, Brownsville revival breaks loose. When did the revival cease? Is when they started a school to, to teach people how to move the Holy Spirit around. You can't tell the Holy Spirit where to move. The wind bloweth where it listeth, where it wants to blow, and we have to follow the Spirit. That's all in the tabernacle. When the, when the, when the cloud moved, the people packed up and they moved with it. Otherwise, they didn't move at all. And now, we have academia bringing forth a petition to be signed by other ministers all over the world, and they're doing it to stop the Elisha moment. And so when I begin to start speaking and start talking about the prophet that said tomorrow about this time, things are going to change. What I'm actually talking about is in our world, things are about to change and those that have opposed what God is doing are gonna see it, but they're not gonna participate in it. And so when you start looking at Elisha's time and Elisha's life, and the word says this, which is, which is a misconception in our mind because when we read it, we read it children, and the children came and mocked Elisha because of his bald head. It wasn't children like they're in children's church over here. It was the sons of the prophets that mocked him. And they said, you have no covering is what they were saying. God has removed your covering, Elijah. And they mocked him. And what did he do? He called the beast of the field out to consume them. And the bears came out. The she bears came out and mauled them. I don't know. It could be that we're in that moment that people need to watch what we're saying. Let me tell you something. This is not a racial issue. They've made it into a racial issue. This, this is a spirit that's trying to take over our nation. And if America goes down, so does the world go down. And all this is, is the devil is trying to bring in position before his time, before the great revival breaks out, he's trying to stop it. So he's coming forth to take his seat. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. And if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do, them and and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which i command thee this day to the right hand and to the left 
and go after other gods to serve them. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all the commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Mm. I don't want 15 down. I want 14 and up. So for me, what I'm doing, I'm praying more. I'm reading the word more. I'm asking God to show me how he wants me to walk. What do I need to deal with in me? We need to turn loose of some things. Let some things go. Because it's not going to allow us to go into what God wants us to go into. And we're about to see miracles and the manifestations of God's power begin to work in a manner, in a way that we have never seen before. And there'll be times where people will walk in the doors and they will begin to be healed just from the presence of God in the place because of the glory of God that dwells in his house. And where there's two or more that gather together in his name, he's in the midst. And we're about to see him show himself mighty on our behalf. Folks, I'm telling you, we're about to see some great manifestations, but I'm telling you this also, that you have never walked in the place you're about to walk financially, physically, mentally, and in your family. You're about to see some things that you have never seen before manifest in your life. It's about to happen. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet with me this morning? Father, this morning over this house, we command your blessing that they'll be blessed in the streets, they'll be blessed in the cities, they'll be blessed going in and blessed coming out, that their baskets shall be full and their storehouses shall be full. There will be no lack in their life. But on every good occasion, they will have the wherewithal to be able to give, to be able to do what's in their heart to do, Lord. Father, I ask you that you would heal every family, you'd heal every broken heart in here today, that you'd begin to touch people's lives. Father, I ask you to heal their physical bodies in the name of Jesus right now. Father, we speak to diabetes that it has to go right now in the name of Jesus. Lord Kaya, Lord, we lift her up right now. Heal that child in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, people in here that are having problems in their knees, Problems in their back, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to heal them. Father, let the manifest power of your spirit come upon each one of us. And Lord, we ask you right now that you would command a blessing over them. Command a blessing over them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. There's some blessings coming, ma'am, there's some blessings coming into your house. Huh? Shirley? Blessings coming to your house that you've been praying for, that you've been crying out in the middle of the night. Tears of sorrow has been coming forth, but there's a day coming when tears of joy will be coming forth. It's going to wash the trails of sorrow away because the joy is going to overtake your life. 
that you'll not even remember the hard times or even the sorrowful times. But God's about to do some things in your life that's going to astound you. He's going to bless you. He's going to pour his spirit out on you. And you're about to have dreams and you're about to have visions. You're going to see things in the spirit that you've never seen before. There's an avenue and there's a place that God has directed you and you've been walking in that. But now there's a place of promotion coming your way. And you're about to see some things you've never seen before. And there's joy that's about to take, take hold of your house. And there'll be dancing in your house. There'll be rejoicing in your house. And people will begin to come and say, what, what is it that's different? What is it? I hear a different cry coming from this house. Not that they can hear the cries right now, but they, they're going to say, I hear a different cry coming from this house. And you'll be able to lead those that are around you to the Lord because of the joy that's about to invade your house. And there's nothing that anybody can do about it as you begin to receive what God is going to do in your life. Father, we thank you, Lord. Bless her right now. Move upon her right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're stirring. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anita, God is about to touch Willie. Both of y'all have an anointing on your life that God is stirring once again. And God has brought you through a trail of one thing after another after another. But this time, there's an outpouring of God's spirit that's going to shake, going to shake principalities that have tried to attach itself in other generations that have, that attached itself to other generations, but have tried to attach itself to your, your household, but you have not allowed it to take place. You have stood your ground. And there's about to be a reaping, hear me, not a sorrowful reaping, but a joyful reaping that's coming to you and Brother Willie. Things are about to change. You're gonna hear him even speaking differently. There's words that they come out that it, there's nothing wrong and there's nothing bad, but God's about to change his mindset on a whole different level because God's about to show him something in the word and that light bulb is about to go off and you'll hear, you'll even hear his speech changing. There'll be, there'll be a, a fluid speech that will come. It will not be a guessing or a searching or a looking for that word, but it will flow easy. The effects that the enemy has come to try to take him out, the effects of those things will not hold him any longer. But there will be peace and there will be joy and there will be rejoicing because even in himself, aware that in his mind there's some things that that he he's on that train but then he forgets where he's at even in that will change and he'll say that hasn't occurred in a long time he will recognize it himself because god's doing something in his body even right now touching his body healing his body and those things that the enemy tried to steal his destiny 
by allowing him or bringing him through some things or null and void right now in his life. They will not. God says, I will not allow this to take place. And we're going to see some things come out. And he's going to be preaching. He's going to be speaking the word. And he's going to be prophesying. And you are going to be prophesying also. But there's a lot of wisdom that is within you. You have, you have taken... You have taken the pounding of the enemy, but still stood your ground. But God says, I'm about to get between you and that enemy. And I'm about to pound him to the ground. So today is a new day. Today is a day of rejoicing. Today is a day that God is about to fight your battle. And you're about to see something. There's promotion. One of the signs will be a promotion that comes your way. Another sign will be a promotion in your children's lives that you've been praying for and interceding for. It's about to start taking place. It's about to happen rapidly. Rapidly. Things are going to happen. Rejoicing. Rejoicing is going to take place in your household. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you today. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're stirring. Father, I come against every demonic spirit power and every hindering spirit that comes in to try to steal, kill, and to destroy. Hallelujah. Am I just praying the Holy Ghost right now? If you pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. If you don't pray in the Holy Spirit and you want to, Stop praying in the Holy Spirit. Let it come on you now. And just start doing it. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Gerard, it's a new day. It's a new day. There's some things that have been coming against you. Things that you've been hearing. And you say, silence, silence. And the Lord says, as you begin to speak for them to silence, they will listen to you. You command them. You command them. And hear God's voice. But today, God's going to start speaking to you on a level. The devil's come to steal your hearing. To steal your hearing away from what God is saying. But God says, I will not allow them to steal what I have to say. But I'm about to do a work inside of you. And your smile is coming back. Your joy is coming back. Your dance is coming back into you. And you're going to start feeling things in your bones moving. And you just move with it. Because God's doing some things. And what's going to happen is, as you begin to dance, as you begin to rejoice in what God's doing, the enemy will be under your feet. So you dance a dance upon his head. God's, God's doing some stuff in you. Just lift your hands right where you're at. And just thank God for it. Say, God, do what you want to do. God, do what you want to do in me. And I speak to those things right now to cease in the name of Jesus. No more torment. But fill him with joy, Lord. Fill him with joy, oh God. And Lord, we thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Hallelujah. This is one of those days. Our church is not going to be the same anymore. 
not going to be the same. And those of you that are coming in the, in the prayer time and praying, you're stirring this stuff up. And we've been, we've been, God, we need prayer warriors to come in and set the atmosphere. And that's what's happening. There's only so much you can carry yourself. And so I appreciate you coming into the Bible study and as, as Mary's leading. Almost said Sister Mary, but that sounds almost, I don't know, Catholic, I guess. I'm, I'm not knocking Catholic. Catholic, Sister Mary over here. Generational blessing upon your life that not only came from your mother, but even further in generations it come down. Prophetic anointing upon your life. You're a seer. You're also here. But the verification is in the word. And this is what God is so proud and pleased with, that you verify everything that you hear with the word. It has to come into alignment. And, and God is, is going to honor what is taking place. And you're about to see some things in a whole different dimension. Not just in, not just in the lives of people, but national and international things you're about to start seeing. God's about to open your eyes and open your ears to see and to hear things. And people will say, she's a little quirky. But she hears from God. And that quirkiness, God has placed in your soul to bring you because you're not afraid to follow him. And he has marked you with his spirit. And even those that are around will begin to see a change. And they will carry those things for you in honor of who you are. And you will never be looked at the same again. God's setting you in a place, in a position to start speaking some things that you haven't spoken before. And there will be a shaking. Bev and I, we went to a place that the Shakers built. The Shakers were people. The Shakers were people that when the Spirit of God came upon them, they just began to tremble. The Shakers and the Quakers. You know where Quaker Oats gets his name? It's the Quakers. That was a move of God that took place. Do the research on it. You'll begin to see the Quakers, the Shakers. Well, we went to the place where the Shakers were established. And when, I, when we were driving there, the only thing I could think of is Mary. Mary has an anointing of shakers. And there's going to be a shaking that's going to take place in the earth, but there's a shaking that's going to take place in the lives of people as you begin to lay hands on them. And there'll be some strange things that's going to happen in your meetings in the prayer times. And it's not to be talked about to the average person. But you know what God is doing when the shaking begins. The shaking begins. It's going to happen. Ida, God's doing something special in your life. You are a warrior. I've told Bev, I've told Bethany, I've told others, if, if a fight breaks out, I want Ida on my side. Because that's a warring spirit that you have. And, and what's taking place is you're a watchman on the wall and you're sounding alarms 
and bringing forth caution. And God's going to use you in a greater depth. But also, God is tempering some things that you that when you begin to when you begin to speak, it's going to be a different way of communicating the word of God, and you're going to see it. And this is what you've been praying: God help me, God help me, and God's going to honor what you've been saying. And there's going to be a change, a shift, one degree, one degree is going to make all the difference in the world. But you have a pure heart. Your heart is after God. You've got a heart like David. After God. And that's all you want is the presence of God. And I appreciate that very much. And I'm thankful that God has you here. Because you are a warrior. And there's a war dance that's going to break out. And as the dance... As the dance, Gerard, begins to take place, demon spirits are going to fall. There's a war dance that's in you that the enemy has been trying to stifle. Because in the pounding of your feet and in the rejoicing of your hands is where the defeat of the enemy comes. So dance. Dance your war dance. And see what the enemy does. He will flee from you quickly. You have something more Well, we love you guys. Appreciate you. And uh, I believe we're going to see some phenomenal things begin to take place. God's about to heal some marriages. Some things about to, about to happen. If you let him. You let him. God's dealing with loneliness too. There's many people in here that are dealing with loneliness. And God's about to bring some friends in your life. Now, Bethany gave, I think, a word to you, said that God's going to pull out the real and, and get rid of the decoys. There's decoys that the enemy brings in. So discern the friends that God's about to bring into your life. And you're going to see some phenomenal, phenomenal things take place. Don't let your imaginations get in the way that prevent you from having peace in your life. Fight for your peace. Amen? Fight for your peace. Father, we, we ask you that you command a blessing upon these people in their storehouse, in their basket, that in their going in and coming out, that you bless them, O oh God. That you bless their, the fruit of their loins, O oh God, their children, O oh God, their cattle, their sheep. Lord, I ask you that you bless their stocks, bless their investments, bless their business, O oh God. Let increase come. Let it move upon them in measures that it begins to astound not only them, but even their neighbors would begin to see their profiting, oh God. Move upon them, give them wisdom, and Lord, I thank you right now for your word that it says that you are the one that causes wealth to come upon us. Now Lord, we ask you for that, and we ask you that no sorrow would be attached to it. Lord, bless us. And we give you praise and give you glory for it. Amen. God bless you. Tuesday night we'll be here. I believe something's going to happen in here Tuesday night.